Duncan now goes for the point and Josh Arrowsmith sends it over the crossbar another great score and there's two substitutes combining brilliantly and Josh Arrowsmith taking the pass there from Dara Hamill and he sends it over the crossbar and Arrowsmith now surely has sealed the deal here for the uh, Geraldines it's 13 points for the loud champions it's 9 for Zinolifs we have tra- and so in the words of Paula Langham, train like a champion, arrive like a champion, play like a champion, and we leave here today like a champion goes. This is the Geraldines Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Geraldines GFC. Here are your hosts, Adam Thornton and Kieran Callan, the Celtic Abu. You're very welcome to the launch of the 2021 podcast for the Jarlines, We Could Be Giants. This is a podcast that's going to give news, reviews and a monthly update of everything that's happening at the Geraldines Club. I'm delighted to be joined by a good friend of mine. I've known him for a long time and he was very welcoming to the to me to the club last year. And I'm delighted to bring him on as my podcast host and podcast confidant. That is Alan Thornton. Alan, you're very welcome. How are you doing, Karen? Good to be on. Good to have a podcast with the local club, Geraldine CFC, part of my life, all my life, to be honest. So good to be involved. Yeah, you were the first person to contact me when I decided to join the club and you came on board and you said to me, I need to add you to a WhatsApp group. I think I've been added to about six since then. <laughs> <laughs> for different things yeah well, whatsapp groups you know there, there are dime a dozen in our club there's different good reasons for the whatsapp mm. groups because it keeps especially within the pro group like we are just non-stop but it keeps everyone updated when it comes to the pro group like our communications group is just it's just every every day there's something different but the more hands the merrier is and you're delighted to have you on board and you've brought great ideas into it so thanks a million for joining in not at all going to do uh, what the first part of the program i suppose is we're going to look back on the year 2020 that was now with the fact that football thankfully is coming back and uh, it looks like there's finally light at the end of this covid tunnel despite all this the club achieved an awful lot both on and off the pitch so we're looking at a very very bright future going forward all things considered yeah well if you think of it like look at what the ladies achieved last year and and the year before like they're a credit to the club absolutely credit to the club i when i first came to senior pro it was back in 2019 and to watch them play football absolutely brilliant brilliant like couldn't believe how good they were no a lot of the girls are involved and some of them have been there since the very start like the likes of sandra neary you know formerly lynch always in the jail lines true and true but like you have to look like Andrea Lennon and then there's Helen Ryan as well or Helen McEnany now. Like, them girls have been there since the very start and to be two-time senior champions like and the start in 2007, amazing stuff. That is, like, credit to them, like, you know what I mean? It's and, just um, rewards for what's been a, a long road. Absolutely. Like, our former chairman, Jerry Renan, God bless him, started the whole idea nearly club in 2007 and they went on and won a, a junior championship that year with Tom Malloy at the helm and, and Audrey Lynch, who's still involved, was with Tom at that time. Like, credit is credit due. Like, it's basically within 13 years to be two-time senior champions. And also and win the league the year before as well. Like, so, it's just... They didn't get, they didn't get to win their league, unfortunately, or, or how I'd say, to compete in the league final because of the way that COVID happened. Yeah. But, but the other thing that happened is now that we've seen the progression now that with the ladies' juniors also winning the junior championship. And I, I don't like singling players out, but she is going to be on this podcast later on in the program but Maeve Fee came off the bench and when yeah. I looked at her initially I was kind of going God she she could be a cracking player for the for the senior team yeah. and I didn't realise she was only in TY like she's just she's really it's one for the future but like when you look at it like that's that's the the, the, the how would you say it, the production line that we're that the club are producing now they're really really quality players that'll just step up to the mark soon enough yeah like there's players that like you go to the games and you're you go and you see them and you're like going who's that and who's that and then they go oh she's only like 17 she's like she could be a future star of loud football and you're like she's a future star of the airlines and she's already playing the senior team like you're just you're amazed by the, the actual skills to have like back in my day i was left-footed and that's all i was, was left-footed <laughs> solo everything was just Left. On the left, on the left. <laughs> on the left, on the left. But, like, boys, boys and girls now are just constantly two-foot, two-footed, solo hop with both hands, both foot. Like, it's just credit where credit's due. Like, there has been some serious coaching with them, them girls, and they're reaping the rewards at the minute, like... 
there's a funny story from that junior match actually um I, I looked down the list and I and I saw the name Sarah Morgan and I went, that's Sarah Morgan with the senior team? They're like, no, no, that's Haggardstown Sarah Morgan. The other Sarah Morgan's Black Rock Sarah Morgan. <laughs> Little they realised that Haggardstown Sarah Morgan lives three to, three to four doors down from me. Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> madness all together. But, but it's brilliant all the same. They did, they're, they, you know, it's been a great year for the Geraldines. Um, in relation to the senior men's, they reached the quarterfinals of the championship this year, losing out to RD. And I was at the game. I was I was blessed to be allowed to go to the game out in Darver. Like I yeah, think, uh, and I said, and, 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 yeah, I said, <laughs> I know absolutely. But as I said to Jim afterwards, I think if they had five minutes more in that kind of quarter, because the games at times were split up into quarters, they really mm. were on the ascendancy. They could have given RD a real rattle, but it just wasn't to be. Yeah, like last year, it was with COVID and that, like it's, it was very hard, I'd say, on the boys to kind of get into things. Like we, like with our watching the games, like there's some great performances over the past two years that Eamon Dunn was there. And thanks, Eamon. And, and the lads for what they did. Like, got to a senior semi-final the year before. Quarter-final this year. Just come up against RD St. Mary's. They went to the final against the Martins. They are a very good team and a very young team. But a lot of lads who are involved with the, the county team now. But, like, they have to give credit. Like, they've went out. They gave it, them all, gave it their all. And just come up short. They know they can go up against the best. And that's that's the thing about the senior men's. They have won. These Some of these boys have won everything. They've been involved in bar senior title that just eludes them like in the senior league but like they've won the Leinster Intermediate they got the semi-final of All-Ireland against Trua in in Cross and were unlucky not to not to win it um, to get to an All-Ireland Intermediate final great achievements that they've made hopefully hopefully over the next couple of years there's, there is another good kick in this team and they'll they'll push on like with hearing like hearing the numbers as I was telling you there earlier on like there's savage numbers in this in this team like like boys probably have the first training session next week when everything was back and hopefully they kick on lads doing great times and the running and everything so hopefully they can get us there over the over the line and win a Joe Ward. This is what we want and uh, of course I, I can't I can't go out uh, how would you say without saying the juniors once again did you proud last year <laughs> the Galacticos as the boys <laughs> call themselves <laughs> I think that stemmed from like Simon Muckian back in the day. Like the boys just called them the Junior Galacticos. Yeah, we had we weren't too sure what was going what we were going to expect because we didn't get much. We didn't think we were going to get many games. Well, the Junior Championship wasn't played. Everyone was shut down by the time we uh, we could play the Junior Championship. But Junior League, we'd actually a couple of challenge matches. Or probably our best performances what I can think of was up in Drada against the Blues. Boys were unbelievable that day. Jeez, like you couldn't you couldn't stop Conor McGowan putting the ball over the bar and then that that day like Liam Liam Caffrey in midfield was just an engine probably if I was like being a junior manager probably the best performance when we were losing a half time against the Brides at home it was actually our last game I think this brought us into the semi-final of the league which we didn't get played <laughs> but um, we went on to the boys turn around turned around in the second half and won by a couple of points so that was good makes you proud to look at what you've got the boys you rattled them and got entered in the second half and good to beat the local neighbours anyway just in relation to a couple of great things that have happened off the pitch I think yeah. one of the big things that happened during the lockdown the, the club raised vital funds through the ladies team they did for Pieta House the 24 hour solo challenge in which the ladies team soloed each each pairing had a had a an hour during the course of the day. Lisa McCabe spearheaded the initiative and they raised over ten thousand euro. It was an it was an absolutely brilliant initiative for the girls, but raised vital funds for a very important. I know that Darkness into Light will be finished by the time this gets this is out in the air, but like it, it's brilliant for Pieta House. Yeah, like um, remember getting the text messages um about us and the girls saying that they needed, thank God, they needed access to the Instagram page and to post all the videos. I don't think I was getting up at like four or five in the morning <laughs> to post that stuff. <laughs> but it was like top class. Like like they're always thinking beyond their actual, uh, beyond the team to do stuff within the community and everything. Like to raise 10,000 euros for pay the house, especially seeing the times that are. It reflects the club very well. You're probably more involved in yourself with the, the 100 cases in 30 days. Oh yeah, like, that was great back fun. In, back in June, like, you know, Wedge Power, who former player, still involved, setting this up for breast cancer and raised an absolute fortune. And, and they're doing all the league. club got involved. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they're doing it again this year, which is yeah. brilliant because I, I, I didn't realise at the time until I saw some photographs that the club house was used, the hall was used in order to pack and distribute T-shirts yeah. and stuff like that around the community, which is fab. You know, it's a great great community element. Yeah, it was, uh, it was just... I. <laughs> I think my feet were worn out by the time of the end of it. Like, but uh, <laughs> needed new runners. Yeah, that's that's it. That's going on the banner. He'll tell me all about the all about the the latest uh, in Asics runners. Mm. He knows all about them. I won't have to go too far. Jim will tell me what I need to know in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I suppose the I was something that Jim McInerney brought up with me was that there was an Irish Life competition. And there was 15 members within the club won the competition yeah. by walking the most distance by any club in Leinster. They won two and a half thousand euro voucher for O'Neill's, which went towards the purchase of an away jersey kit for yeah. the way for the men's and then a home kit for the ladies, which was fantastic. And it had CLGFA on it as well, which is brilliant yeah. for them. Yeah, and the the both kits are lovely. Like mm. I know, um, I think I seen one of the boys wearing it the other day. Like, and I was like, where did he get that from? But suppose he he bought it online or something but it was like we've had like an away kit we have used in junior and it was very baggy and it was very easy grab. basically grab the jersey but this one is like player fitting so all the lads are probably loving it I won't but be like, anyway <laughs> yeah I don't know player fitting I, I don't think I'll need a blouse or something um, but, uh, I need a PRO fit <laughs> <laughs> But there was like 15 people that did, 15 members of the club that did this competition. Now, possibly I should have known about it since I worked for that company, <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't know anything about it. Like, it's great to do stuff like these. There's people in the company, in the club that do things that no one hears about. No one hears about it at all. To bring it back to the club, as in to get jersey for senior teams, is great. Like, I, people have to be immensely proud of what they've achieved over the past basic year during COVID to bring back to the club or do it for local charities. Like, and just the last two things there was kind of an online, two online initiatives. One which I thought was absolutely it was the gaggle box. It was just oh, seeing yeah. seeing local people watching TV. Like, you, you, it just gives you an insight of what real family dynamics was like. But the, the three lads in, in, in the bar, obviously, social distancing and everything. But yeah. the, the gag of, oh, you won't be a butcher for much longer. It's like, <laughs> yeah. no, he's still a butcher. Just was a highlight for me. And then, obviously, the, the, the elves as well, which was a great thing by Fiona, um, our, our head PRO, our, our uh, master and commander, as the man said. Says, like she, she did a great work involved in that you know it, it brought something for the kids to kind of enjoy on social media as well because there was exactly. a lot of the, the visits to santa and everything was was kind of scrapped this year so it kind of brought yeah. something to the jerish community you know yeah exactly especially when um coming up to christmas there was a bit of excitement in within the the parish but everyone was still you have to admit fearful of covid like no one knew like we knew what it was but you still you still weren't really hearing of people that had it you know what i mean yeah. but the elves brought the kids back the excitement of christmas for them and especially when jerry's did it like seeing calf on that basically right <laughs> up against the door and i was like i was like when i seen it i was like my God, they really did a job on them. Like, but, uh, <laughs> but it was great to get the and gaggle box just over the Christmas period. Like, it was basically lockdown again. Basically, we're kind of still in that lockdown. But it was like good to see people that are involved in the club and that getting involved, doing like not the same people like like of Kevin Thorne who was involved on the age, and then you had the two Corcorans, their family, especially Louise, Matt. And Dan and then their family getting involved, like was some of the stuff like the one where Davy the father was going on about a uh, catfish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, I had to, I didn't have to laugh at that, but uh, no, it was great, great stuff to over the year over the year that kept everyone kept everyone involved in the club like yeah, like, and I suppose um, just just to keep kind of work, keep things ticking on. There was yeah. a great excitement. Like the lotto brought an awful lot of kind of uh, excitement around the club because it just kept them bigger and bigger and bigger. But what people tend to forget is that those lotto funds have funded a lot of things around the club. Like there's a new scoreboard which was used in an Allianz League game this year. Was playing behind closed door. We have a new Cairo Spa, which the which I'm dying to get me dying to get used. I want to see what it's like, and then. You have the wall ball as well, which is a brilliant initiative. And I suppose we have to 
say congratulations to Sean McAlevey who won 28,300 euro. I wonder, does he have a spare fiver? So it's 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 great for <laughs> but, him. Uh, uh, Sean, like Sean's been in it since the very start, very yeah. start from the Geraldine start of the lot. He's been in it, so it's great to go to a local man. Lot is the it is the bread and butter of the club, like fundraiser, especially you know marquee weekend or anything like that. I am at the minute, so and the lotto keeps the keeps the club ticking over. It's it's great in it, and we just obviously we're going to promote it around at some stage. But you know, um, we we know that it's a it's a vital source of funds for the club, and just around around the club in general, we've got the relaying of the back pitch. We've got the painted. I know as part of the the capital sports grant, the painting of a mural on our press box and. Hopefully, there's going to be more future development. I'm I'm pushing for a running track around that pitch. So hopefully, things might more fundraising might see that come to oh, things come to fruition. You know, absolutely. Like the mural on the press box is top class. Like top class. I think it was Sharon O'Connor that did it. One of our friends was like, it is. It just stands out. Yeah. Like, and you know the club crest, which is good. I'm sure there's plenty other things in the pipeline that we'll all hear about coming to the club, like developments and that. So um, we'll have to watch that space anyway. Just in relation to matters on the pitch, you know, there isn't a ladies' manager, new managers yet. We know that Paul Eleven has left the club, and we and, and I know even from from working for for the last season, I want to thank her for everything that she did. She welcomed me onto the team and was very very accommodating and you know she guided the club to two senior championship titles so she she did an absolutely fantastic job we don't know who the new manager is yet so hopefully we'll have an exclusive at some stage but we do have a new senior management team we will be talking to them in the next segment of our of our program but in relation to division four we have a new management team there with james fanning colin lynch robbie pilo maliki craven and alan thornton your good self and in division yep. six we have uh stephen thornton philip marks mark mcgarian michael mcnamara and colin prendergast so that's a real local element and it's good to have so many people involved in the club for a long time involved in in, in management of senior teams it's good to have as you said local element like there's people there that want to be involved and want to be involved in like not like underage but senior setups junior is like in my opinion when i played junior and basically that's what i did play um, <laughs> uh it was always like it was it was serious but then it was always the the crack element everyone had a bit of crack after you know it's great laugh and it's good to have lads that are like robbie was involved with the seniors last year but he still wants to be involved with like basically junior football at least but it's good it's good to have everyone involved and um, they split up the the duo of me colin and mark mcgarian though so could go all pear shaped at that stage oh no no you, you shouldn't you shouldn't break up a happy marriage no. <laughs> so folks this is our next segment in the the podcast we just want to be part of the welcome new members to our club we would like to formally introduce our new senior management team Sartan, their manager, uh, Cross McGlenn man, Anthony Cunningham, who be assisted by Michal McGill, who won an All-Iron down, and Stephen Morgan, and our very own club man, Paddy Reenan, who spoke to us all about the year ahead. Okay, I'm delighted to be joined by the new manager of the Geraldine's senior man- management team, Anthony Cunningham. Anthony, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, no worries, Kieran. Delighted to be here. From your experience so far, how have you found the Geraldine since you've been appointed? Yeah, well, to to be fair, we're only, we're only really into it two weeks, but uh, yeah, that initial experience has been good. Uh, plenty of support, plenty of help. Uh, you know, uh, our numbers on the field have been great. We started out, believe it or not, with a with a WhatsApp group of ninety players, uh, w- w- which is crazy. But uh, we have since uh, obviously that's across all three teams, but uh, we have since cut it to. Uh, to approximately about 40 players. But yeah, no, it's great. Facilities are great. Overall, very pleased. Uh, lots of boys back playing, I'm told. I haven't played for a couple of years. Uh, been off doing something else. We have a number of minors up, which are showing great potential. So yeah, no, the buzz is really good. Really good. But uh, yeah, just glad to be back now, face-to-face. We have a schedule now. We have the league fixtures and that. So uh it's all been good and uh, good support from Brian, of course, yeah. uh, in his quiet, subtle way. That he <laughs> oh, we know Brian's subtle ways. Oh, you know Brian's yeah. subtle way. What enticed you to come to manage the club? Well, well, to be honest, uh, it was a contact, a mutual contact between myself and Brian. Myself and Brian spoke together on the phone a few times. We then met up uh, himself and Bernard. 
Yeah, they like what I said. We, I like what they said, and and, and we're here today. So, uh, but to be honest, I've always known the Geraldines. Never really realised how big a club it was, and and, and the catchment area that the Geraldines have. But uh, you know, it, it's huge from what I've seen. Even though I did grow up only thirty minutes away as well, but yeah, again, looking forward to get to getting going for real. And the talks amongst the supporters always is the team's style of play. And from seeing the players that that you now have, you know, you said you've whittled it down to forty. What are your thoughts on this season? Well, to, to, to be honest, that's a very good question. The style of play. Is, is very important. You know, a, a team has to have a style of play. Now, I, I would be a great advocate of not having one style of play because, you know, having done a wee bit of homework and allowed, there's, there's some huge teams like, like the Martins, the Blues, St Mary's, very, very strong teams. And, you know, at the end of the day, whilst we all would like to play free-flowing, high-scoring games, sometimes you have to adapt that when you're playing against these stronger teams. Now, that's not to say, obviously, oh, yeah, Northern manager, he's going defensive. No, that, that that that's not the case. That's not the case. But you know, again, to be fair, I've only seen these guys on uh, on video, so it's not until you know we get a look at the hand that we've been dealt with that we can work out a plan as to how we can best play. Yeah, again, looking looking forward to it. But yeah, I I do need to see them actually playing football. And that tournament, there's a there's a preseason tournament yeah. that happens now. That's going to be a great help for us as well uh, to see players. Really looking forward to some of the minor players like Bannon and and Cafo and and Danny uh, and I can't think of the fourth player. But uh, really looking forward to see those boys. I actually was in. Uh, I actually was talking to Bannon recently, and uh, he he's doing yoga. He's doing everything, so it's, it's he's getting an all rounded education in terms of strength and conditioning. So it's the, it's great to see. Is, the man is a machine. He, he he's already taken out two of me players already. <laughs> uh, training, so uh, yeah, we're, we're just probably going to have to train him separate. Yeah, exactly. Um, a good lad, a real good lad. Yeah, you brought in a background team, you know, and some of them are filled with experience, like. What did they bring to the table as well as yourself? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I, th- there's, there's four of us all together. Uh, so Michal and myself have worked together for a number of years. Uh, Michal is a down man, but uh, we'll not hold that against him. No. He, he often reminds us of it. But yeah, no, Michal's great. Michal's a great coach and, and a great motivator. Uh, Michal in the dressing room, yeah, if you're not up for the match, there's something wrong with you after speaking to, to, to this man. So so he's great. This year, we also brought on board Stephen. What Stephen has brought to the table this year has, has been unbelievable. This guy is a real professional. I'm not exaggerating this, but this guy's on the phone to me maybe two, three times a day talking about players and how we're going to improve them and strength and conditioning, nutrition. So really, really top-level stuff. And a lot of the boys have bought into that mm. uh, as well, which, which is great. So I really value his contribution uh, to what we're doing. And then obviously we have Paddy as well. I, I guess any coach or manager will tell you when you go into a different club, you need that inside man. Yeah. Uh, you need that inside man who, you, no matter how much you think you know a player, that inside man will know the history better. And, and that's what we value Paddy for uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, you know, a, a very good team, very pleased with them. And, uh, yeah, we're heading in the right direction. What has been your experience in, like, it's it's the most unusual pre-season I've, I've ever come across in the sense that, like, preparing players due to this COVID, like, there's, there's so much to factor in. Does it bring new opportunities as well as challenges? Well, I'm not as much of the opportunities. Yeah. They're very slight, but that definitely challenges, Kieran. Uh, and I guess like any club management team, all we can do is adapt uh, to, to, to what we have, you know, and, and basically soldier on. But, you know, I, I know some of the players have used that period maybe to recharge the batteries. Uh, some of the players have used it to build up on their strength and conditioning. So I guess it's benefited them in a way. But in terms of a management team, you know, it's it's what now it's May coming into June before we play football, and you know what we're only now seeing them. So we've been doing all the all the usual stuff on Strava. To be honest, I'm sick looking at Strava. You know, it's fun <laughs> looking at the stats and and seeing how how far people can run and how quickly yeah. they can run. But 
you know, it's the old adage, put, put a ball in their hand and, and it's something different. But uh, no, in terms of opportunities, none for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we're just glad to get back face to face. The Jarlines Club is very much, you know, steeped in the community. Now, I know that you've been, you, you've kind of touched on it, that having the inside man in, in, in Paddy, like, does that, is that experience kind of vital going forward that you get a sense of, of how big this, you spoke about the catchment as well, how big this community is and the yeah. club is very much a focal point. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 it's huge, darling. Like, uh, and uh, I, I, the Geraldines are, are no different than any other club, I'm sure. I'm sure they're, you know, they go hand in hand uh, with the community. You know, p- fr- from the perspective of Paddy, it's great because, you know, I always say the gone are the days where you can whip a player into action. A lot of players nowadays, it's, it's the arm over the shoulder they need, uh, and, and you need an understanding of the character themselves. So P- Paddy gives us that insight uh, to that. But uh, yeah, in, in, in terms of the community itself, yeah, the, the, those links are always going to be there for, for any club and, and, and are vital. And, you know, it's not lost on me that the, the club is actually based beside the primary school as well, which, which is huge. There's no pressure, but... As you as you mentioned, the clubs already like uh, that are you've got RD, you've got Newtown Blues, things like that. But you, you'd be hoping for a realistic stab at the at the championship this year. No, there's there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. Now it's the old cliche that it's not on our radar at the moment. But uh, you know, obviously, you know, any management team has to look at, at the championship. But uh, you know, we're, we're probably. And I don't want to be too harsh, but we'll probably be fourth or fifth in the pecking order in terms of, of championship success. But our focus at the moment is getting on players fit and keeping them injury free. You know, and, you know, I often see my job as coming into a club is to try to improve the players, to, you know, try to make them think about the game a wee bit differently, you know, bring them to the next level. And, and, and that's no uh, slight on previous management because I'm sure they were trying to do the same thing as well. You know, that, that, that's my objective. Make them more aware of the game. Can I improve uh, how they play? You know, can I get them fit? Can I get them injury free? And you know what? If that brings us success, so be it. Now, what that success is, is that a championship? Is it a league? So be it. But it, it's not my focus at the moment. It's, it's, it's getting them to perform is the, is the objective. That's brilliant. Well, listen, Anthony, thanks very much for the time. And of course, uh, we wish you the very best of luck and hopefully we'll get talking to you at some stage during the season. Yeah, no worries, Kier. Come on. Thank you. Our next part is unique feature in which we allow players from our minor teams talk to fellow players and mentors as the club as they ask all aspects of their life and times of the Jairus so far. So here is the juvenile section. Welcome back to the second part of the We Could Be Giants, the Geraldines FC podcast. Uh, I'm delighted to say that I'll be taking a break from the questions now. I'm handing over to David Clune. Connell Clark, Podrick Corcoran and Owen Rogers. They are from the Geraldine's under 14 uh, panel and they're here to interview a couple of members of the club today. Our first guest is Joe Corcoran. He's the current chairperson of the Geraldine's ladies section. Last year, he was the girls under 16's head coach. This year, he'll be coaching the under 14's. He has previously been part of the senior management team and is a former senior player of the club, winning an intermediate championship in 1995 and in 2005 also, where he finished top score. He's currently a teacher in the Bush Post Primary School. So you're very welcome to the programme, Joe. Joe. Thanks very much. Can't wait to uh, be grilled by these young men, I have to say. It'll be tough. It'll be tough. It will be tough. And with that... It's over to them. I'm going to sit back, relax, and enjoy the debate. Uh, all right. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hi, David. How are you? You good? Uh, not too bad. Good um, man. First question for you is, uh, what is your favourite thing about the Geraldines? Tough one to start with. Uh, my favourite thing, I suppose, David, would be, uh, well, apart from that, I suppose, obviously, football. But I think it's the people. You know, it's the people in the club that you meet. It's the, the great friends that you meet. Uh, I have made lots and lots of friends along the way. People I would consider lifelong friends. I joined at a young age and I suppose 40 odd years later, I'm still part of a great club and I have made countless friends, plenty of enemies, I suppose, but countless friends 
along the way, people, you know, that I consider lifelong friends and, you know, people I'd want in my life. So I would say, if I was to answer you that, I would definitely say the people, the people, all the people in the club are fantastic. What influenced you to start playing Gaelic football and what age were you when you started? I would have been young. I would have been starting when I was seven or eight. I would have played in the Gerlins from when I was under eight. I suppose uh, I remember uh, some of the mentors calling to my parents' door asking, was there any people interested in playing football I suppose very much like it happens now and uh, I'll never forget my mother said yeah I have a young lad here uh, told the boys the young lad here be interested in playing football I know that she couldn't wait to get me out the door but uh, taking over to do little bits of training and play matches under 8s and I went on to play under 10s and 12s and so on I also played football in the schools in the primary schools I'll always remember I suppose to call them lunchtime leagues in the school I remember watching the older players playing when I was younger and dying to get onto the pitch and then uh, being lucky enough when I got into fourth, fifth and sixth class being playing uh, on the on the pitch there in St Oliver Plunkett's and it was just great fun and always Gaelic football and I always remember the, the pitch seemed huge and now when I go into the parent-teacher meetings take a sneaky look out the back and, and uh, the pitch is so small now you know and then I also remember the parish leagues been very involved in the in the parish leagues which were a great thing when I was very young playing under eights and tens and twelves that we used to play with all the older players and the parish would be divided it was like a little street league played in Town. they were great fun you know and you got to meet loads and loads of people over in the club around our age when you played for the Geraldines who would you consider being a role model a role model in the club oh there was there was plenty of them back then you know we'd couple of loud players playing at the time you know people you would really look up to uh, you're looking up to the likes of Paul Renahan you know when I was young we'd be looking at him and uh, Jimmy McDonald and uh, Mal Rogers fabulous absolutely fabulous players and they went on when I was about eight nine they went on to win the senior championship back in 82 there were there was lot, lots and lots of great players on that team but I always remember those players they kind of stuck out and then I suppose when I was playing I would have had a huge uh, respect for a number of players, boys like Paddy McGuinness and Paul Casey, Tommy Hype, Brian Farrell, fellas I kind of played a lot of football with. Always a great time for them. And then I always remember a, a guy when I was a young player playing with the senior team. I always remember a guy called Nicky Brown would uh, walk into the dressing room, you know, and as soon as he walked in, he gave everybody a huge lift. I always said like he was a devil for being late. He'd always he'd forever be late. Once he walked in, everybody felt that we were taller and stronger. And as a unit, we knew we were better with him coming in. So it was amazing the, the impact that the, a lad like that would have on, on not just on me as a young player, but also on the, on the whole team. And then, lads, I suppose I'd always talk about great, uh, one outstanding loud player that unfortunately I never got to play against, you know, but... I'd always think of Paddy Keenan. Uh, you guys would have heard, lads, of Paddy Keenan. He was just a, well, he, and still is a special player. Great hands. And, you know, I suppose the thing I admire most with the likes of Paddy Keenan is he's two feet. You know, he kicks off his right foot. He kicks off his left foot. I still don't know if that man is right-footed or left-footed. He is just that good and was that good. What an outstanding player. So even though... I've never really met the man. I've watched him play and he would be a serious inspiration, you know, not just for me, I suppose, for loads and loads and loads of players around uh, County Louth, you know, all-star, incredible player. Do you take interest in any other sports? If so, which sports? Well, Connell, you probably know me pretty well and you know that I am very interested, not just in Gaelic, but also in soccer. I'd be very passionate about both sports. I played both you know, in fact, I used to play, there was times when I'd have to play two games in the one day. I'd play with the Jairs in the morning and Rock Celtic in the afternoon or vice versa. But I'm paying for that now with my dodgy hips and my sore knees and all my joints in pain. But if you were to ask my wife, she would say, Connell, that I watch every sport. It's not just Gaelic and soccer and hurling, but I could watch anything from horse racing to cricket to basketball, to golf, to tennis, even cycling. You name it. I would watch it. My, my second question for you is, who was, sorry, or who was the toughest or what was the toughest team or opposition you ever came up against in your career of playing? So I was laughing uh, <laughs> as a player. Yeah, I came up against some, some, some great players, some real 
hardy, hardy boys. But the fact would be that when I trained, I would always have to go up against the right half back. When I was a young player, I'd start off playing left half forward. So the right half back would be Mark and me. And that was a guy called Tommy High. And Tommy was, oh, he just took great satisfaction in making sure you never got the ball. In my early career, for about five or six years, continuously marked each other in training. And he, me so frustrated on the field because I could never get the ball. But Tommy kind of retired early. And I was like, rubbing my hands going, deadly, he's gone. I'm going to get much more ball in training. But then his younger brother, Poddy, came along and Poddy was playing right full back. And I was getting a wee bit older. So I was being moved into the full forward line. So I couldn't run fast anymore. I had to mark Tommy's or Tommy's brother, Poddy, was marking me. And for that five or six years or seven years, whatever, I still didn't get a kick in training. So for 12, 13 years when I was playing senior football, for years, I never got a kick at the ball because the two highs were the hardest men to mark, you know. They just got such a kick out of watching me frustrate and was frustrated. I'd be shaking my head, screaming at the manager, you know, claiming I was being fouled or held back. But the managers only laughed and the two highs, well, they laughed as well, I'll tell you. And then, do you know what? The funniest thing is, then the third high came along and that was Jared. And I'd say the two boys had no problem saying that he was the best of the lot of them. But I was in my 30s now. And he was about 17, 18, and I went, no way. So then I retired, and it was the best thing I ever did. In terms of management, being the underage manager, I have to say my toughest opposition in terms of teams then, well, they'd have to be Cooley and the Pats. They're the teams from the peninsula. I would have rarely got results over the last five or six years against those two teams. Sometimes, sometimes, occasionally, we might get a result. But more often than not, I'd be on the losing end and the problem for me teaching in the bush is I would have to face those girls every day after the game. And boy, did they give me a hard time about, oh, we beat the Jairs last night, beat the Jairs. In fact, there was times that I'd go in to my desk in school and the Cooley flag or the Pats flag would be draped all across my desk just for just for me to give me more of a slagging so i'll thank lauren boyle and Neve for that yeah they used to do that to me all the time uh joe yeah uh my question for you is how do you think teams will be after covid after covid is well not too far away now hopefully but i presume a lot of the teams be a little bit unfit you know no, no collective training, I think. Uh, so I suppose the teams will have to do a little bit of fitness training unless, you know, kids were doing a wee bit individual training and stuff like that, you know. But more than that, though, I think there's going to be a huge appetite for football. I think the kids are going to be so eager. They're just looking forward to getting back onto a training pitch. They're get, looking forward to meeting their friends, kicking the ball about, doing a few drills. The only thing is, for my team, my under-14 girls, I can only imagine the chatting and the talking. For the first few sessions, they're just not going to stop talking. They'll be in groups, chatting, 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 gossiping away. So we get nothing done for the first few days of training. I know that. When those under-14 girls, they never stop talking. Colonel David, power boys. You know that pretty well. You know they're your age. You know they never stop talking. Uh, well, Joe, it's Owen again. What changes have you seen in the club since you were a player? Well, since I was a player, that's a long time ago now, since I was a player. But I suppose there's a lot, a lot of changes. You know, the club has grown hugely in terms of numbers. You know, very, very, there's large numbers underage now that were, they were never really there before. You know, the, the parishes, getting a lot bigger there's a big population and the club has got very very popular so but I think there's there's a lot of work now uh, behind the scenes in the club administration you know in terms of the chairman and the secretary the work that they have to do like it's like a full-time job for the, the chairman of the club and the secretary of the club you know huge administration going on I think there's huge train uh, changes in terms of the, the the way people train now the coaching coaches are far more qualified than they were I think the the children are really really lucky that they have lots of very highly very highly qualified coaches you know coaching them I think the standards are m- much higher the other thing I'll say is I think also we've kind of changed away from a win at all costs kind of a philosophy to more 
we're starting to believe in the philosophy of developer players, you know, and that's been a big, big shift in, in the club, you know, to try and change the overall philosophy. So that's huge. Lads, there's no doubt, you, you guys wouldn't know this, but the biggest change of all is the fact that there is now girls, you know, I was a young lad, girls, there was no opportunity for them to play Gaelic football. And now look, in our club, there's probably as many or more underage girls playing uh, Gaelic football now. It's just incredible, the, the, the numbers. That is the biggest, biggest change. And there's no doubt about it. It is a huge change uh, and a benefit to our club. You know, it, it, it's huge. You look at the, the senior team. They're the flag bearers of the club at the moment. Two senior championships. And all the girls underage aspire to be part of that team. Look at the senior men. They're doing really, really well. And all you guys all want to eventually become uh, part of, of that team. So look, I think, I really think been lots and lots of changes, but no doubt the biggest one is the influx of the, the, the girls into the, the club, which has been hugely important. Brilliant question, by the way. Oh, fabulous question. David, again, uh, you mentioned uh, the growth of the ladies' uh, Gaelic popularity. How optimistic are you about the future of ladies' football in the Geraldines? I am very, very optimistic, David. Oh, hugely. They have everything going for them at the moment, you know, to me, the Geraldines, I'll be killed for saying this out in the peninsula, but I think they have the best squad of players in the county. You know, I really do. I think they have huge amounts of very highly skilled and very committed footballers, you know, and they have lots and lots of good footballers coming through from the underage as well. I, the thing about the, the ladies is they've won the last two new senior championships. And if they manage to win it this year, you know, and that's a big challenge, you know, because they've won two in a row. To win three is really, like, it's almost impossible. But if any team can do it, I think that senior ladies, that they, they, they can certainly do it. I've no doubt that if they do win it, I think they will go on and I think they will compete in Leinster this year. I think they're that strong this year. I think they will go on compete in Leinster and the All-Irelands and I would love to see them do well and go further and deeper into the championship in, in Leinster and I have no doubt that they will be capable of that Alright, uh, thanks Joe, that was our final question for you, uh, you've been a great guest and thanks for coming on Boys, uh, thank you so much for the invite you know, it's been an absolute pleasure you absolutely put me to the pin of me collar, I was struggling for a few answers there, I, uh, I'm sweating I'm sweating here trying to get all the answers out so listen boys, you're an absolute credit to the club, so well done to each and every one of you, brilliant questions, thank you so much for the opportunity to even be on here today, thank you our second guest of the juvenile panel questions this afternoon is none other than Shane Milani. Shane Milani plays for the Geraldines under 14s and is in first year in the Dallas Salle, a former alma mater of myself. So, Shane, you're very welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem, Shane. I'm going to uh, st- take a step back, let the boys talk to you, and away they go. Well, Shane, how are you? It's David. Question for you is uh, what is your favourite thing about Gaelic? Um, my favourite thing about Gaelic is that it's a social sport and also you can uh, play with friends and, you know, it's good for socialising. It's good for your fitness. So. Hi, Shane. It's Potty here. My question for you what influenced you to start playing Gaelic football and what age were you? Uh, well, my dad introduced me to Gaelic and I started around age four or five. Owen here. My question is who's your favourite role model or favourite? player? Uh, my favourite player is probably Kieran Kilkenny for Dublin. Um, he's my favourite player because he's an all-round excellent player and uh, he's won the All-Ireland six or seven times now. Well, Shane, it's kind of my question for you. Do you take interest in any other sports? If so, which sports? Yeah, I uh, play soccer for Shelburne and uh, I do a bit of kickboxing as well and uh, I also go running every second or third day to keep fit. Alright, Shane, my second question for you is who was the toughest team that you ever came up against or the toughest opposition you ever came up against? Uh, the t- toughest team I played against was probably the Pats or the New Ten Blues. Well, Shane, my question now for you is what are your favourite subjects in school and why? Um, my favourite subjects probably geography and Spanish because they're really interesting. I like you know, uh, learning a new language. David, again, uh, my, fi- my final question for you is what is your opinion of online school? I don't mind it now. I'd rather be in the classroom but it's kind of good to get a break, I suppose. Probably yeah. a lot easier to get up and doing it yeah, right, I come home. so in here again um what is your favorite position to play in Gaelic football uh my favorite position to play is probably half back 
because I like sending my teammates to score and intercepting the play. Buddy here again. And my last question for you is, what is your favourite genre of music and what's your favourite artist in that genre? Depends. Probably my favourite genre is probably pop or rap. So I don't know. I can't really choose a particular artist. Now, a couple I could choose from now, but I don't really have one. Question for you, Shane. And uh, thank you for coming on. No problem, dude. Yeah, thanks, Shane. Thanks. You're very welcome back to the third part of We Could Be Giants, the Geraldine's FC podcast. And I'm delighted to welcome our next guest. It is Maeve Fee. Maeve Fee made her debut in adult lady football last year, coming on as a second half substitute in the Loud Junior final last year and scored three goals and three points in a thrilling win over Cooley. She played in the under 16 team that reached the 2020 championship final that was unfortunately cancelled due to COVID-19. Maeve has also played with the Loud Development Squads right through her underage career and is currently a transition year student in St Vincent's Secondary School in Dundalk. Maeve, you're very welcome to the programme. Thank you. Hello. Maeve, I'm going to take a step back now. You're going to be grilled by the by the lads here, the juvenile um, podcast panel. So I'm going to leave it off to them. My name is David. Uh, my first question for you is, uh, what was the transition like from under 16 football to senior football? Obviously, it was, it wasn't that, like, I haven't played much seniors. Like, I only did, like, I, I kind of started at the, towards the end last year. But it wasn't, like, that much of a jump. Like, it was a bit tougher. But, like, all the senior ladies, they all welcomed me and, like, made me feel a part of the team. So, overall, it was actually very good. Uh, hi, Maeve. I'm Podrick. And um, my question for you is, in your opinion, is there enough encouragement to start ladies Gaelic in schools? Yeah, I think there is. But obviously, there's always room for improvement. Like, I played Gaelic when I was in school, and I did really enjoy it. But I think now the jurors have, like, set up school programmes, and that, like, it wasn't there when I was in primary school. But it is it is good that it's there now. Hi, Maeve, I'm Connell. My question for you is, what is your favourite genre of music and singer? Probably my favourite genre might be pop music. I do, like, I like a lot of other genres, but my favourite probably pop. Um, My favourite singer... I don't really have a favourite, but like I like Dua Lipa and like Rihanna and Drake, probably. Hi, Maeve. Uh, it's Owen here. Hi, Owen. How did you feel being subbed on against Cooley Kickhams before scoring three goals and three points? I was I was a little bit nervous, but I mostly was excited to get playing. It was like it was a good performance by the whole team. Like I wouldn't have been able to score them goals without like without them. Like they're. They also had me, like, they brought the ball from one end of the pitch to the other. Like, it was an amazing performance, like, by the whole team. Maeve, um, my second question for you is, do you find it hard balancing Gaelic with school and schoolwork? Yeah, like, it can it can be hard at times, but you can make it work. Like, you just kind of have to balance it. Like, you just have to balance it between both, you know. And obviously, being active also helps with schoolwork and, like, studying as well so it's it's a good benefit too all right maybe it's uh david again my final question for you is uh what is the what was the highlight of your gaelic career probably the highlight of my career probably would be the junior final just because it was like my first like major big match that i played i made it's on here again um what is your favorite thing about gaelic my favorite thing about gaelic would probably be like i have all my friends, like I enjoy playing just with my friends and hanging out with them. Well, maybe that's kind of, again, my final question for you is, how were you introduced to Gaelic and what age were you? I started Gaelic when I was about five, I think, in the nursery group. I started doing Gaelic. I did the cool camps one summer and I enjoyed that. So then my mum just signed me up for the jurors and that's how I got into it. All right, Maeve. And my final question for you is, who is the toughest team you've come up against? It probably would be Cooley. They're they're just are like they're very good in like all age groups, and we like always meet them in like finals and semi finals, and it's always like a tough match, like tough opponents, and they've all have very good players. Thanks, me, for coming on and speaking with us today. Thank you. And you're very welcome back. And our fourth guest on this this afternoon's podcast is none other than Dan Corcoran, a Geraldine senior star and Louth player. Dan has played on the Louth minor team that reached the Leinster minor final in 2017 and played on the DCU team that won the prestigious Sigerson Cup in 2020. Dan is in his third year studying actuarial maths at DCU. His brother Matthew also plays for the Geraldines and for Louth. And his sister, Louise, is a sharpshooting forward with the Geraldines senior ladies. Dan, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks 
very much, Kieran. Great introduction there. Cheers. <laughs> no bother at all. They, they covered everything. I think I think I've I think I've ticked all the boxes. Uh, Dan, I'm going to leave it off to the lads. Um, they're going to talk to you now, and they're going to press you with some questions. So uh, be prepared. All right. Hi, Dan. How are you? Good, David. How are you? First question for you is, uh, what was it like playing in Croke Park? Yeah. Well, look, I suppose is it's every GAA player's dream to play uh, in Croke Park with their county. Do you know? I suppose I've been lucky enough to play there twice. I played there two times. Once. First time didn't go so well. It was against uh, Dublin in the Leinster minor final, as Kieran said there. Look, we were bet well that day. It would have been nice to win, but I suppose it didn't take away from the occasion of playing in Croke Park for Loud in a final, especially. The second time was actually two years ago, I think. It's my first year playing with Loud. It was the second league game we played Leash in Croke Park. And we actually we won that game. So that was, you know, that was it. That made it all the sweeter. Hi, Dan. My name's Podrick. My question for you is what do you think of your new manager, Mickey Hart? Well, Podrick, suppose I've only probably met him in person. You know, seven, six or seven times, not too many times because we haven't been able to train since January or anything. So we have Zoom calls with himself and with his assistant Gavin there, Gavin Devlin, every nearly every week there since January with the lockdown and everything. And I all I can say is very detailed. You know, he's he works very hard and he leaves no stone unturned for us. So he's a proper football man. Like he's been managing teams longer than I've even been alive. Like so, so much I suppose you can learn from him every day and Gavin as well. And look, he's very inspirational and motivational and keep you going throughout lockdown and everything to keep getting your runs in or and everything. And I suppose one thing he would preach is, you know, hard, hard work, not just hard work in the sense that, you know, when people say hard work, they think like going out running and working and tackling hard and like, that's all important. But, you know, he'd really preach the hard work and practicing your skills. So that's one thing that, you know, I think is very interesting and really tells a lot about him. Hi, Dan, I'm Connell. Well, Connell, how are you? My question for you is, how did you balance your social life and sport? I suppose it's about prioritizing and planning like, like well, as I know what loud and, I, and with the the jairs like schedule made out for the net for maybe a month and you know exactly what days you're going to be training or you're going to be in the gym and what when your matches and everything are okay one thing i started doing when i first got into college was every week you know i sat down on a sunday and wrote down all the things that i had to do that week whether it was training whether i you know college i did tests or exams or anything coming up or i had to study or my plans already made with friends and i just look at the plan then and you know if there's any days or anything where that I didn't have anything on. I'd be thinking, look, there's a day I can do something, have a bit of crack with my with my mates or whatever. So it's just about prioritising everything. Well done, it's uh, Owen here. Well, Owen, how are you? What is your favourite genre of music or favourite artist? Uh, you'd find Edit in my Spotify playlist, Edit from Eminem to Ed Sheeran, but I suppose my favourite would be Eminem. I'd say my favourite song is probably, probably an old one, C- Cinderella Man. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but <laughs> that's probably my favourite one. All right, Dan, um, my second question for you is... What is your job outside of Gaelic? Outside of Gaelic, I am in college. Uh, Kieran said in the introduction there, you know, I'm in college, I'm in third year. I'm studying actuarial maths. Look, I don't know. Basically, it's the person who decides what your parents pay for insurance. Probably don't like me very much for that, but I am in third year and I'm on placement at the minute, actually, with, with Irish Life. That's all just from home, doing it in my bedroom, so it's not too exciting at the minute, but it'd be nice to get up to Dublin and maybe get into the head office once or twice, but I don't know if that's possible just with COVID and everything the way it is. That's, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what, I work as outside of football. No work really yet. All right, Dan, it's David again. My final question for you is, what is the highlight of your Gaelic career so far? Oh, that's a, it's a tough one. I suppose there's a few games that come to come to mind there. I'd say, I suppose the obvious one and the one I probably have to say, winning the Sigerson with DCU last year. Like, uh, It's the only championship I've actually ever won in Gaelic football so that's definitely was the highlight and look you're playing with many good players in the country across the country and it really does bring you on as a footballer as well but I said we still haven't gotten the medals or the jerseys or anything from that game because just with COVID and everything that was January last year and sure we were supposed to get our medals and stuff I think in around March but the first lockdown came and we still haven't seen them yet so still waiting on them to arrive in the post another one nice uh, comes to mind that we're in the, the Leinster semi-final actually against Wexford down, down in Wexford Park. It was a sunny, I think it was a Wednesday evening during the summer. It was an unbelievable day. And we went down to Wexford and played them on, in an, on, a, on a midweek evening and beat them. And it was just probably definitely one of my favourite games I've ever been a part of. But I'd say my favourite game that I've ever been a part of was it was a minor playing with the club against uh, Nave Martin in the minor semi-final. The game actually went to a replay because the first one was a draw and we ended up winning the replay by a point in the last minute. And, you know, there's just something very special about winning twice tight games with, with your clubs, just with playing with your, especially underage, you know, you're playing with your best mates, lads you grew up with. And, like, there's nothing much better than that. Well done, it's on here again. Um, 
What's your favorite thing about Gaelic? I suppose I probably touched on it there in the at the end of the last question. Like playing, especially with the club, it's just play or playing with some of your the best friends and the lads you grew up with. Doing something meaningful alongside them, you know, representing your family and and your parish, and then I, like that does go to another level again. I, like when you're playing for for Loud, you're representing your club then at that stage, and then obviously with DCU as well, you're you're representing all those things as well. And there's obviously the you know it keeps you fit and you can make new friends and everything. But I do think playing with the club and playing with like some of the lads you grew up with is just that's the best thing about Gaelic, I think. And um, would you have any advice for younger juvenile players? What I suppose what Mickey, what I've gone, I was talking about Mickey earlier, like work hard, but on your skills is the main thing. Like you know, you can be the one thing my or like my dad always says to me is like you can be the biggest you can be the strongest you can be the fastest but none of that is going to put the ball over the bar and at the end of the day that's the only thing that matters is the only stat that matters in a game is the scoreline at the end of it so you just have to practice kicking left foot right foot hand pass left foot right foot high catch picking the ball up off the ground with both feet when it's thrown at you with a load of pace you know these are the things you have to be practicing every day and there are things actually as funny enough as you go up the levels you probably work on less because people might think you have you have them already the thing is if you don't practice them you will lose them and it's very important like yeah and it's gonna again my final question for you is how were you introduced to gala and what age were you i suppose uh, it's probably the same as my, my dad would have mom and dad would have always had you know football footballs around the house when i was younger and when i was a child probably when i was very young there's probably more more chance of a, of a hurl hurley being in my hand his dad's from Tipperary and I probably would have played more hurling than Gaelic when I was very young but I, when we moved out to Black Rock mum and dad would have brought me straight over to the Jairs and to be going over training and that's how I got introduced to it and through the schools as well you know playing playing uh, the I, I don't know if many of you go to the St. Oliver Plunkett's National School but they used to do in 5th and 6th class I remember they used to do league you know mini leagues at lunchtime over there and we used to play Gaelic over there for, during lunchtime and that was probably real introduction to it then alright Dan my last question for you who is the toughest team you've ever come up against oh well that's that's an easy one the, uh, the six in a row winning dubs there's no there's no top in that I don't think we played them before they were those six in a row winning they were going for five in a row I think it was last or 2019 it would have been I'd say my first year with Loud we beat Wexford in the first round of the Leinster Championship and then we are drawn against Dublin in the Leinster quarter final in Omar Park in Leash and look yeah they, they bet us well that day like they, were, <laughs> they went on to win the all Ireland win five in a row and they've won six like they're just a phenomenal team like I don't think there's anyone they say it's their best team to ever play the game so I don't think there's any top in that thank you very much Dan for, ans- for answering the questions oh yes are more than welcome thanks Dan for coming on and talking to us has been won recently Alan but it still stands over 3,000 euros so that's that's good for the summer if you're looking to finally get away when the Covid decides to leave us yeah 3,000 over 3,000 euro um, at the minute nice handy jackpot get you away get you to Vegas or something you can get over there be a bit enough, of a laugh but enough, uh, enough of the slot machines <laughs> yeah enough yeah <laughs> we're putting dimes and nickels into it <laughs> wouldn't get too far as we said earlier on the lotto is vitally important at the minute but over three t- over three grand hopefully it builds up again to something with Sean one few weeks ago good old jackpot again absolutely and just uh, something that I saw recently when I when the National League fixtures came out is that Loud GA and Mickey Hart especially he chose to have some of the National League games to be played in Hagerstown which not only is a great coup for the club but I'm led to believe that Mickey Hart chose the venue which is a great reflection on the club and its facilities according to Mickey loved when he was when the Loud team were training he saw the saw the pitch said uh, very happy with it thought it was one of the best pitches around delighted with it like I mean like he lo- I think it was more the wet of the pitch like our pitch is massive it is yeah yeah massive like imagine one laps around that like what was he it's 100k in one day <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm going to do in, in June this year but uh, it's, uh, he was delighted with it like so hopefully uh, brings a bit of luck to the county anyway the club has a new supplier of training gear and it's with a local company Defy um, I know that I spoke to Carl O'Connor about it over the past couple of days he worked mm. together with Jim McEnany and the designs are very very they're very modern but they're, they're, they're to all tastes really yeah yeah, like um, handy. I I download the app and all you do is literally just type in the jars and aim. it is handy. You get the top quality gear. Good to support a, a local company as well. Like so, yeah. um, very happy with that. And no car well. Jim's usually good at getting involved with uh, like the football training gear. So he'll want to look nice going out in the pitch and all that. So. <laughs> yeah, as long as Jim looks nice, that's all that matters. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I suppose training 
you know, like it, thankfully training is returning for teams. Now we will see a full re- return to action to the club soon, but teams are returning with and without restrictions. It's it's great to have the pitch being used and the familiar sounds of, yeah. of kids playing football and everything. It's just, it gives a real sense of normality back. Yeah, like um, the schedules have been up for the underage training. Like we've been putting the, putting the years that uh, to get involved in that they were born in that. So it makes it handy for, just in case parents and all that don't, they're meant to be involved in like social media channels. If they have any questions, they're always open. Like we'll always yeah. answer them. I think this, senior men's are back Monday the 10th, 10th of May and it's meant to be probably maybe too late <laughs> too late when you listen to this but uh, I think they have a massive uh, grueling of a fitness test but first game anyways was announced in the league and that's against the mock this first official game back on the 7th of June what I heard in the Paddy Shield like you won't see that month it'll be it'll be great now I know that they've been training kind of by themselves and stuff like that and in reality you know this from, from even playing And but there's nothing about that first day match back fitness. match fitness but that first day back when you go meet your player and your mates again it's yeah. it's it's going to be great for them you know it's going to be great for the community as a whole like it's good to get like it's good to see down the ridge back the the Marlborough Road is just buzzing at the minute. Mm. The car's up and down, up and down, up and down. So it's good to see uh, football back. And just finally, we, we we can't finish off the show without saying, you know, buy the lotto, look at our club gear, support our club. We'll see you down at the chairs very, very soon. But to take us out, Alan, I'm not too sure if you know this, but we have uh, Mihal Olomartic is taking us out of the show today. So he's going to do the outros. We're going to hand it over to Mihal. <laughs> Lovely. Right, folks, see you later. <laughs> see you later. Take care.